Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart. You are listening to episode 21 titled Those Harmful Hot Takes. This is the first episode of what I'm choosing to call season two of my podcast. It's a weekly show, but rather than taking a break, I just want to introduce something a little different before diving into the content. As you may know, I use Anchor to host this podcast, and now you can leave me a message. So many of the stories I tell come from you, the audience, asking questions and coaching clients who are willing to share their stories. If you visit the Anchor hosting page for the podcast, and I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes, there's a button where you can leave me a message. Feel free to use this to leave feedback, to ask your own question, and possibly inspire an entire new episode. If you leave contact information, there's always a chance I'll reach out as well, because this podcast is meant to serve y'all, not me. So this is just one more way I can make this show about you, your stories, and what you need right now to move through grief. So with that in mind, let's get back to the topic at hand, those harmful hot takes. You may be wondering what a hot take is, so let's start there. This little phrase is used on social media in front of what are often controversial, steadfast opinions that tend to run counter to the common understanding or agreements of the day. For example, everyone lately has been singing the praises of Disney Plus and all their Star Wars spinoff shows like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. A hot take might sound something like, hot take, Boba Fett is a waste of time and everyone on the show deserves to be fired. Is it wrong to have an opinion? Of course not. It's also not wrong to share your opinions, whether to simply be known or to start a conversation about our differences. But today, I want to unpack why even the phrase hot take can be harmful and unnecessary. Opinions about lighthearted, surface-level topics like pop culture are often innocuous, but they become shots fired when the conversation turns to the personal, to the topics that define and shape our sense of self. Your hot take opinions on faith, deconstruction, grief, politics, family values, morality, and others have very real humans living on the other side of that topic. They hear your words and wonder when they became your enemy. Your love rings empty when you glorify war, threats, and harm against people groups just trying to find depth in a shallow world. Hot takes are shots fired. They are not a true invitation to a conversation, at least not to one where you want the other person to feel quite valued at the end. The way you present yourself in the world matters, whether online or face-to-face, and firing off opinions with the intention to cause disconnection is wildly unloving and harmful. Let's grab another example, one that I'm sure we've all seen or been guilty of sharing. In the Christian community where I reside, the chasm of division has widened tremendously over the ill-defined concept of deconstruction. As a 20-year-plus veteran of evangelicalism, I've always been in a state of deconstruction, and by my definition, that's exactly what Jesus calls us into, to dismantle the entanglement of our faith from social norms or government requirements of the land in which I reside, still honoring the land itself and learning how to live wholeheartedly with mercy and grace at the forefront of every decision I make. Regardless of what would be the socially acceptable answer in my circle of influence, and yet that definition of faith practice actually aligns with many of those who would push back at the word deconstruction as I've used it here. 
deconstruction to me is exactly what it means to work out our faith and salvation with fear and trembling. Because let's be real, holding on to an uncertain faith, the hope of things unseen seems like a lot of long, dark nights of the soul. And maybe I'm just new to the arena, so I haven't seen it all firsthand until now. But much of the language flowing from Christian communities aimed at those who align with the concept of deconstruction, man, it is beyond harmful. It's true wartime rhetoric. Yesterday, I read language from someone in my own community declaring this as, quote, a battle worth fighting because truth matters. Now, I don't want to unpack the theology behind such phrases because that's not why we're here. If your faith relies upon black and white theology, cognitive distortions, and an us versus them literal interpretation of your faith text, that's your choice to practice in such a way. The harm comes when you choose violence, verbal or otherwise, against those who are not in your community. Because hot takes aren't intended for the people who agree with you. They're a call to arms for your community members, but they also mobilize and hurt those against whom you stand. Hot takes like the one I described above minimize the value of anyone on the other side of your argument and repeatedly reinforce the boundaries of your in-group, which honestly is a very strange behavior for any faith that wants to expand its influence. Let's bring my faith practice back for just a moment. I remember the story of Jesus drawing a line in the sand after multiple men have accused a woman caught in the act of adultery. One of my favorite personal questions to ponder is what he could have written that made the accusers turn so quickly. But nonetheless, this was one time that Jesus said, too far. The accusers creating the outgroup by condemning a woman who could not hold to their interpretation of morality, that was unacceptable to Jesus. In that moment, the morality of the woman's behavior was less grievous to Jesus than the morality of the men's behavior of accusation, shame, and condemnation. And I find that fascinating, especially in light of the way it might have been handled if social media was available to the men in their time. So can hot takes ever be helpful? If you're raising a flag to find camaraderie, then yes. The declaration of where you stand will draw like-minded people to you, your cause, and potentially create momentum on your behalf. But as you choose to do so, please recognize that you are also potentially damaging the very people you think you can influence, encourage, and change. No matter what you believe in your own life, I am confident that you didn't grow up hoping to manipulate, damage, and insult others as a means of convincing them to grow and believe like you. And this conversation is directed at me too. I am a passionately aggressive human, hell-bent on protecting the innocent and dignity of others, but sometimes I forget myself. Sometimes I struggle to keep my harsh opinions to myself, and I blurt them out, causing harm. Sometimes I have strong opinions, but I can't say them in a way that will bring wholeness or honor the people I'm speaking to, so I keep my mouth shut, even when it's funny, because at that moment, it's probably only funny to me. A friend of mine is a mother of many, and I look to her for advice and insight all the time. She and her husband have their own children, but they also have adopted siblings. So you can imagine the levels of conflict they experience on probably an hourly basis in their home. 
She once shared that when they are in great conflict with one or more of their kids, they ask one another the question, is this bringing us closer or is this pushing us apart? You see, nothing you say or do as an individual leaves you standing still. Everything you experience moves you closer to or further from the person you are becoming. Those hot takes and harsh opinions raise awareness of your character and signal to your community that you are safe for some and unsafe for others. Now, is that your intention? Did you grow up as a child wondering who you would be able to push away and how easily you could do so? I doubt it. I think the majority of people in this world want to create depth and wholeness and connection, but we just don't know how to get there. So regardless of where you stand politically, socially, spiritually, maybe today is a good day for a reckoning. Are your behaviors and attitudes in alignment with the person you want to be? Do others see you the way that you want them to see you? Do you know if or how your choices impact others? Do you care? How will you move the needle toward wholeness and compassion for yourself and others? I must warn you that asking these brave kind of questions generally means you're about to deconstruct some of the pillars you've used to prop up your life and your personality. But learning how to do that means you are also learning how to construct a life of integrity and emotional maturity, which blessedly, thank goodness, leads to fewer hot takes and more compassionate conversations. And I think deep down, that's what we all truly want. Thank you for listening to episode 21 of Restorative Grief. This episode was written prior to the start of the war in Eastern Europe, and I want to simply acknowledge that this is the prime time to start verbally destroying people around us in our immediate interactions in face-to-face and online. And these conversations online right now will be as aggressive or as compassionate as you want them to be. It's your choice where you engage in your local communities or what conversations you join in the digital world. Remember, before the internet, the biggest reputation and community concern we had was whether or not someone brought a camera to a party or if someone tapped your phone recording your private conversations. With the internet, we fire off these fiery first draft responses without taking time to think through what we said or how it might be received. And it's truly ruining our reputations. Entire careers have been toppled by a single harmful tweet. And honestly, it doesn't matter that most of us live less visible lives. We're not in the public eye or our social media accounts are private. I guarantee there is someone in your circle who has read your words and felt harmed or unwelcome. So as we move forward together, perhaps we can check ourselves before we speak. Are we drawing a line in the sand to protect someone vulnerable or hurting? Or are we simply trying to defend our own understandings? We can't have it both ways, but we can learn to recognize that there are millions of people in the world who just want to live their life without our influence. And that's okay. That doesn't mean we need to take an offensive position to protect ourselves and our perspectives. It simply means we can drop our weapons because we are not in danger of being harmed. Remember, the only solution for grief is to do the work of grieving. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.